Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi. No Taylor today, but I am joined by an old friend, very special guest, Texas Tech alum, and from The Athletic, we got Tobias Bass. Tobias was kind enough to jump on and talk about the current landscape of college basketball, all the important storylines, all the teams, some of his most surprising teams, disappointing teams. Uh, We really sprayed around, not going to lie. It was a great talk, a great sit down with Tobias. He's one of the best in the business. He's so much fun, Um, very insightful, knows exactly what he's doing and works his tail off. So uh, we had Tobias on in May. So this was a while ago. It's great catching up with him. So excited to bring you this chat with him. A little bit of a different format. You know, usually our interviews are getting to know the person, how they got to the place that they're at, their career trajectory. And then we sprinkle in a bit of chat about the current landscape, but you guys know Tobias, like I said, we've had him on before and uh, really appreciate him spending some time. So no Taylor, but we do have Tobias Bass joining us uh, today. We're brought to you by belly up media, go download, subscribe, rate and review us on whichever device it is that you use. Your college hooper of the day, not going funny, not going sarcastic or anything like that. Very somber Eric Montross. Uh, rest in peace to the big man, the seven-footer from North Carolina by way of Indianapolis. Man, very sad stuff. Passed away as a result of cancer. And this especially coming on the heels of Jimmy V week. But awful news awful news and he was a really terrific pro as well i remember growing up in the philadelphia area or spending the first 10 years of my life in the philadelphia area i remember him on some of those sixers teams and then of course as a celtics fan um remember him as a celtic as well but in the college basketball space Montrose was such a good big man for those tar heel teams Um, I think we all remember that iconic shot of his face just completely bleeding, and it's contributed to the Duke-Carolina lore, really. But all in all, just a sad day, a sad day for college hoops and basketball in general. So rest in peace to a wonderful, magnificent big man in Eric Montross. And I didn't know him personally, but all of the tributes, all of the people that did know him personally and connected with him have said that he is a titan of a man, like just a great, great individual. So he will be missed. Um, and he, of course, then is your college hooper of the day. Check out the website at theaterandcollegehoops.com and make sure to follow me at CBB Theater to find out where the feat is. You should also follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel. Let's open the curtains. Step back! Ah! That's a 
Eight to shoot. Paul, the runner! Loose ball! It's good! With 4.4 to go! Shannon! Don't want to foul! Shannon! From the corner! And it's over! Gonzaga! The flipper still fits! <laughs> All right, we are so hyped to welcome back onto the program our favorite Texas Tech alum, one of the best uh, up-and-coming scouts and analysts. We got in our sport. Seriously, if you don't already follow him, go follow him. We'll throw out uh, where you can follow him here in a second or at the end of the episode at the very least. An editor at The Athletic. We got Tobias Bass rejoining us, coming back onto the program. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming back. I think that, hey, the last time we spoke was all the way back in May. And a mm. lot's changed since then, man. How's how's everything yes. been since May? Everything it's been good, man. Just you know, like I, like I'm, we talked earlier off air, but just I'm glad basketball is back, man. I I, re, I really missed just just going to games, you know, seeing what's going to unfold, you know, seeing what's going on with the transfer portal, uh, high school recruiting, etc. So college basketball is in full sports, and then uh, and I love it. I'm just happy it's back. Yeah, me too. I, I think we all are, and like you said, it's full swing, right? It's not like yeah. late October, even pre Thanksgiving, where teams are sort of feeling each other out we've had some heavy heavy hitter games and yeah. we're gonna get into some of those but this past saturday man that was a hell of a day wasn't it it was yeah it was yeah i was at uh lsu texas and m houston and m houston game was unbelievable especially in the second half from there i thought houston they were up i think 13 15 points at one point i thought they were gonna run away with it but you know wade taylor he pretty much carried that team at the end i think he finished with 32 he's a he almost man. i mean he is. I, I, I thought he was going to win him the game. He took a contested step back three. I thought he was going to drop in there, you know, with like a second layer. He ended up rolling out, but they had a chance to win that game. But that was a that was a crazy game. I'm glad I was there for that one. I don't think I was going out on a limb for this one. Like I'm not going to be patting myself on the back preseason because I think I had picked Wade Taylor uh, to win conference player of the year there in the yeah. SEC. And I mean, Texas a and is interesting, right? Like, yeah. They got the talent. They obviously, I mean, Buzz Williams is a great coach, and the SEC is a tough conference. But they had a bit of a dip. Like I think they started the season somewhere around 14, 15. Now they're hovering top 25. There's no shame whatsoever in losing to Houston. Uh, but Texas Texas A&M is, a, is an interesting team. And the last couple seasons, right, like two years ago, Buzz was pissed they didn't get in. Last year yep. they did get in, then they got washed by Penn State. They're, they're yep. a weird team to try and figure. I can't figure them out, I guess. They're interesting because it's, it's. I think it's the way that they play. So for starters, they're missing two starters. Boots Radford is hurt, and Julius Marble. He's having some other issues. He hasn't played. So they're they're missing. Those are two of their top three players. So they do look a little bit different than they expected. But I think what's interesting about the team. I think it's just the way that they play. So they basically have two guys predominantly on the perimeter that can score. Wade and and uh, Boots. Everyone else is either a three and D or a high volume offensive rebounder. So it's like Wade and Boots, you guys are going to have to score 40 points a game, roughly, generally speaking. The rest of our points are going to come from free throws, offensive rebounds, and putbacks, basically. So, you know, that game the other day, that now they're very good defensively. They're going to be time, but they're just going to be able to get stops. And there's going to be night for. Wade is just special like he was the other day. But sometimes, you know, Wade's having an off night or Boots is having an off night. They're going to really have to rely on the defense, and they play kind of slow. So a six-point deficit may feel like 12. So they have to really, like, you know, time of possession, getting good shots every single possession is going to be a big key for them. And I think that we've seen in some of their losses that, you know, one of them may be having an off night or they're not able to – physically just beat up teams, they, they, they've struggled so far, but when they get their guys, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah. And, and that's what you see this time of year, starting that sort of attrition period, right? Like yeah. December, January, February, dudes are going to be hurt. Nobody's a hundred percent. You just hope you can limit that. Hey, do me a favor though, Tobias, if you see Wade Taylor, if you see Texas A&M again, uh, let him know that I apologize for accidentally tagging his dad in a tweet mm. where I said Wade Taylor was going to win SEC player of the year. I tagged the third. I should have gone. I, I mm. meant to tag the fourth. Did that respond? He did. He DM'd me. He was like, yeah, hey, yeah. by the way, you meant to tag this guy. Yeah, no, his, 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 dad, his dad's a great dude. Really, really, really great guy. Yeah. 
Uh, hey, what's new in your world, though? Like I said, last time we spoke in, in was in May. So anything new with, with the job? Anything new at The Athletic? Any new developments? Any projects you're working on? Uh, update us, man. Uh, projects, I'm... I probably have some stories coming out soon. One story I'm thinking about tapping into is kind of seeing. So with the transfer, I want to do my, I want to redo my transfer portal story because last year I did one and they had a bunch of stats in there about, you know, kids transferring up, down, or wherever in between. I kind of want to look at it from the standpoint of there's a lot of college, a lot of high school kids when they go to college, they all, everyone wants to play high major ball, which I understand. But the difference between mid-major and high-major nowadays isn't a big difference and we're seeing like a I don't know if you saw my tweet today but the difference between like the minutes is like insane so you get so you'll get like a the 25 percentile true freshman he's averaging about three point this is last year he averaged about 3.6 minutes he played 10 games that fringe high major kid if he goes mid-major he'll in the 75 percentile he'll play 15 minutes a game 25 games played so the jump, you know, he's times his minutes times five, you know, you know, and if he's a 90 percent talk, he's playing 23 minutes instead. So the point to wrap all that up is I think that some of the kids, they need to understand you can go mid-major first. And if you're good enough, you're going to be able to transfer high major in a year or two. Happens every year, happens all the time. And some of these guys are pros like Brandon Pazemiski last year at Santa Clara. He went to Illinois. He didn't play a second. He goes to Santa Clara for what, two years? He's a first round draft pick. Dalton Connect was at JUCO, Northern Colorado. He's going to probably be a first-round draft pick this year. So there's not – I would have no issue going to a mid-major. And I was going to tell some of the kids, you know, some of these mid-majors, the way they travel, operate, and run things, it's pretty similar to a high major. It's crazy to think about. And it, it, I always I always marvel at this, Tobias, like just taking a step back, just as – the, the evolution and the landscape of college basketball and how much it's really changed uh, from a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like when, when I first started watching the sport, right? You talk about a guy like Zach Eady in the early 2000s, late 90s is probably a lottery pick in the NBA. Definitely. Now, this Definitely. is no disrespect to Zach Eady, but he's not slotted at that uh, in today's yeah. NBA. But the point that I'm making is like the positions change. The value of those positions change. Um, How you acquire personnel through the transfer portal now and NIL as opposed to, well, back in like the 2000s, if you transferred, that that was probably a red flag for a lot of people being like, does he have a bad attitude? Uh, So all of this is so interesting to see and to get to your point about uh, transfers and starting off at a mid-major school. And if you then want to take that next leap to the high major, that's fine too. Or even, like you said, uh, Pajemski, vice versa. There's so many different avenues. And Tobias, I want to get your thoughts on the ruling that occurred, I think it was last Wednesday now, Mm -hmm. regarding the transfer portal. Uh, General thoughts on that. Are you happy that these kids aren't going to be essentially punished uh, for playing during this two-week period and just your overarching reaction to what's going on? I I think it's interesting. So you look at UNLV, I think – that game, they got their players back. I think when they played Creighton, Creighton, I would be pissed if I was Creighton because <laughs> they like you know you're getting two to three, and they got whooped. You know they got smacked. So you know you you, you know you kind of come in, you know you probably heard some rumors or whatever. You know the game shows that they have two to three players you weren't expecting, they, and they look like a formidable team. They were super long, athletic. They didn't care. They looked like a they could maybe win that. Granted, they double back the game later, end up losing, but at the time. Maybe it was just a flash in the pan, but they looked legit. So if I'm a team, you know, I'd be kind of pissed if, if if they have like a dude and he's been sitting out. Like it, it didn't really matter. But LSU played Texas. They got Jalen Cook. He didn't play the game all year, so they got their starting point guard back. He ended up leading them in scoring for LSU, and it didn't matter because Texas was legit. But if they lose that game, it probably would have been a lot to do to Jalen Cook's hand. So i would if i'm if i'm the team that's benefiting i would love it but if i have to play a team that's getting the kid i'll probably become a kid that's so funny device i've never thought about the other end of the spectrum where you're supposed to be prepping for these teams and we hear it all the time in all sports like if someone's questionable on an injury report and this isn't an injury but if someone's questionable to play and you're like you know are you prepping for uh this is just an example like aaron Rodgers or tim boyle 
right for the Jets. You're like, no, we're gonna prep for Aaron Rodgers. But in the back of your mind, yeah. you're like, we got a damn good shot because Tim Boyle's playing. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really think about like, dang, I didn't think Jalen Cook would be suited up here. And then this this just changes our whole scouting. Yeah, everything changes everything. And then, you know, sometimes you make it, and then you know, the Jalen Cook for example, he's been practicing all year, so it's not like he's out of shape or coming back from injury. He's just been sitting there waiting to play. So he may even. And a player like that, he kind of gives the team a little bit, an extra jump because oh, we got our guy back, you know, or a team, you know, like, man, if he had our point guard, we would be really good. Well, he gets to play now. So th- there might be some games where, oh, we might not win these games. Oh, we might we might be able to win a couple of these games we weren't supposed to, at least for these two weeks. We'll see what they do going forward, though. Yeah, Tobias, I'm really excited to read that piece of yours. Uh, let us know when when it's about to drop and all the research that you're doing, I'm sure, is really interesting. Uh, so I appreciate the update. Before we dive into what's going on in the current college basketball landscape, tell us about some of the games that you've been to thus far this year. I know, obviously, last Saturday you mentioned the matchups that you were able to go to. Anything else this year? Uh, well, I've, been, I've only been another game. I went to uh, U of A. They played. Corpus Christi. I've been to a bunch of high school games, but when Big 12 play and SEC play starts, I'll be there. I'll be at uh, Texas Tech at Kansas. I'll be there when they play UCF. I'll be at U of H, uh, U of H, Kansas State, and then a couple of those U of H games because I live in Houston. So I'll be at majority of their bigger games. And I'm probably going to try to travel to go to uh, Knoxville to watch Tennessee catch a game, and I'll be at A&M as well to catch them play a couple of teams as well. That'll be good. That'll be good. That, uh, that, that tech Kansas game is interesting to me. Right. Like, yeah. Have you been to Allen Fieldhouse before? Are you going to, are you going to wear your red Raider red? It's actually in, it's actually in Lovey. Thankfully for. Oh, it's in, oh okay. My fault. Yes. Yeah, it's in, it's in, I have not been to Allen Fieldhouse. I, re- I want to go really bad. Cause I heard that place is like unbelievable, especially when it's, when it's packed and loaded. So I, I do want to try to get up there and go catch a game at some point, maybe not this year, but at some point soon. You mentioned Kansas state too. They've okay, so I tweeted this the other day. I forget who they 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 just got smoked by Nebraska. That's what it was at home. Yeah. Yep. It's just been a little bit of a disjointed, clunky. I don't even know if you want to call it start here as we approach the approach January. We're approaching halfway through the season, but thus far, it's just been to me a bit clunky and disjointed. And the Naquan Tomlin stuff obviously didn't help, yeah. which occurred in the offseason right before the season started. Um yep. Tyler Perry's a great player, but it seems as if there's still a bit of an adjustment period going on. But uh, Jerome Tang, for me, for my money, you know, I was looking at Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma to fulfill that Noel and and uh, Keontae Johnson role. So it's just been a bit disjointed, and I'm a little surprised uh, at the slight struggle. Should I be surprised at this, Tobias, or no? I guess for them, they're another team, you know, injuries and the Naquan Thomas thing screwed them. You know, Quez Glover is probably their third or fourth best player. He hasn't played a game. He did something to his foot. He'll probably be back in like another three weeks or so. Naquan Tomlin hasn't played a game. So you lose a quality starter in Glover and you're losing the potential, well, he would have been a draftee in Tomlin. So when you have those two guys out, kind of sucks. And, you know, during the transfer portal time, there were a couple of dudes that they wanted that they, they didn't get uh, Tucson at Texas Tech. You know, he I think he would really help them. I think he leads Tech in scoring right now. I think like 15 a game. They wanted Wagyu that was at Bama. You know, they were really close to landing both those guys. You know, the pendulum kind of swung. They didn't get him. So they, they got some dudes late. Yeah, um, Will McNair, they got him super late. So they got a little bit different type of player, but it doesn't surprise me. I think I think everyone was so surprised by Kansas State last year. They kind of took some people off guard. They were expecting it to be the same. It's hard. It's hard, man. And like you said, um, Perry is really good, but I don't know if he's like the little guy they had last year. I don't think he's the same player. I don't yeah. know if Columbus is like Keontae John. I don't think so. Good players, but it's just a little different. For sure. And so I, I think what you said is important because – expectations and this is a credit to what Jerome Tang has done. So again, entering last season, nobody thought that they were really going to be a tournament team. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone thought that it could be difficult for Jerome Tang to step into a head coaching role, despite the fact that he's had plenty of years on a championship level team uh, at Baylor. 
but nobody thought that Kansas State would be one of the big and significant contributing factors as to why the Big 12 was the best conference last year and even entering this year, right? Like, I don't think anyone thought that they'd be a key cog in that. They thought Kansas State would just be, you know, a team that some of the others would feast on. They go all the way to, I believe, the Elite Eight, right? Keep me honest there, last year. Um, And then, you know, they're actually not having a bad season Thus yeah, far, it's just, yeah. you, 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 expectations already rise like crazy after last year. And I think entering this year, you're right, Tobias, like maybe Tyler Perry and, and Kaluma aren't necessarily uh, Noel and Johnson, but I think that was at least my expectation there. Yeah, and then to be fair, too, they're playing three freshmen, big minutes. I think all of them are playing 11 minutes or more. One of them plays 24 and day-day aims. Michaela Rich plays like 15, then R.J. Jones plays about 12. So they're playing freshmen, you know, maybe out of position, maybe more minutes than they expect because of the Quez Glover and Thomas thing. Then, too, their schedule's been kind of hard. You know, you open up with USC, Providence, Miami, or Roberts isn't bad. They'll probably maybe make a tournament in their league. Villanova, LSU, you know, they they play quality teams. So and they got Wichita State, who also isn't bad on Thursday. So – their schedule's been hard, and I, and I know Tango get those, but they, they just have to get better. And, you know, playing three freshmen, no freshman should be judged in the first half of the season, so those guys will get better. A lot of hoop left, and so Kansas State yeah. was probably the most surprising team, certainly at this juncture of the year last year. I think they might have still been undefeated. Uh, don't quote yeah. me on that, but they were certainly the most uh, uh, surprising team at this juncture last year. Tobias, want to get your thoughts on this year's most surprising team and or teams, plural, uh, in your estimation? Um, it's 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 early, but Oklahoma they're undefeated. They're they're, they're ten and zero. You know they brought the them to the Yeah, they're, 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 yeah. You know that's when is the last time maybe when Trey Young was there? I don't even know if they were ranked that high when he was there, but I was going to say like Buddy Hield maybe. Yeah. They're probably Buddy Hield, Blake Griffin. Yeah. Around that time. So they've been good. I'll even say Kentucky, you know, Kentucky, they're playing basically all freshmen and in the few and majority of them, you know, they just got back a uh, Aaron, big Aaron. So they've been playing pretty much without a, all, without a big or big all year. So I think that was surprising that, you know, Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham played so well. And I don't think, Really, people really expected, really expected that. Yeah, Reed Shepard, he'll probably be a lottery pick maybe if he keeps playing the way that he's playing. Uh, they've been surprising. You know, James Madison, good for them. They're, they're 10 and 0. They're, they're, you know, I, I would not want to play that team come March. Is James Madison like kind of, is it, are they, is it lazy of me to say that? And my mind immediately goes to them just being this year's College of Charleston. Might be, could, could be, you know, they're, they're good. I mean, and granted, they're another team benefited from the transfer port. I think they're a second or third league scorer. He came from Boston College, so he's played high major basketball the past couple of years. Bicker staff, so you know they're 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 a good team. Um, I think Memphis is legit. Memphis is Memphis is really good. Um, and then Ole Miss, Ole Miss is undefeated. They're ten zero. So there's been a bunch of surprises so far. And Ole and Clemson will be the last one. Clemson's good, and they have a pro in PJ Hall. So I don't think anyone like when was the last time Clemson was good at basketball it's probably been a while well here's the thing though tobias the for for me and clemson it's can you keep this up in january and february i feel like they've had some pretty hot starts with brad brownell like three or four of the last five years and then i mean for sure last year at this point last year we were saying oh yeah that's a tournament team and then they just the wheels kind of fell off yeah and so i think we're just waiting for them to do february and early march and then i'll believe in it but there's they're certainly good um to unpack it a little bit more, I here's where I will pat myself on the back, Tobias. I said Chris Beard is a immediate impact guy, and Ole Miss I thought was going to be uh, a fringe bubble team. As in, like towards the end of the season, we'll be comparing their resume to some other teams. Now, right now, I didn't have, I did not think they'd be a top twenty five team, mm. but they are playing some serious ball. Like it does not yeah. surprise me, and you know this especially well as a Texas Tech guy. Like Chris Beard. He is an immediate impact. I will turn this program around from day one kind of yeah. guy. That was what I saw in the offseason. It's come to fruition thus far. I think what helped him too. You remember he had a couple of he had a couple of guys that put their name in the portal and decided to come back. And he also had a couple of dudes too that were on the fringe. He was convincing them to stay. Then you know, 
Murray's eligible, Sharp's eligible, Cisse's eligible. That changes the team. Alvin Flanagan's been really good for them. Breakfield had a big game the other day. So, and then they, they have a good team. I think that he kind of – he was able to kind of pick the guys that he wanted to stay, and he brought in some guys that he wanted. And like you said, he is an impact coach. He gets the best out of those players. He coaches them hard, and they love him for him. So um, it's good to see that Ole Miss is good. I think there's some pretty solid hoops being played in the states of Mississippi and also South mm-hmm. Carolina. So we highlighted Clemson and also Ole Miss, but I think Mississippi State's off to a really nice year. Yeah. They were ranked at one point, I think. And then also yep. um, the Gamecocks, Lamont Paris, man. Like People forget, and I've been harping on this, nobody hears or talks about Lamont Paris, but he was mm-hmm. a couple minutes away from taking down Illinois, like that Kofi Coburn team when he was yeah. in Chattanooga. and when I th- this the the whole conversation here was kicked off by you mentioning Oklahoma, certainly surprising, for sure. But you look at guys like Lamont Paris and Porter Moser who are at football schools, but you give them a couple years to develop their culture, establish their identity, get their guys, and they're off to pretty solid starts, right? Like multiple games over five hundred. Yeah, and no, I agree. Then I think some of the guys too, like they have a freshman. So I did a freshman story before the season thought I'm in my top 24, 25 freshmen. One of the freshmen that they have right now that I like was Colin Murray Bowles. He played at a Wasatch last year. He led them in scoring. That kid's like really underrated. He he sat out the first month or so. I think he had like, he was sick or he had like some type of illness. He's, he's fine now, but that kid's good. You bring in BJ Mack from, I think, Mary Mack. He's their second leading scorer. Michi Johnson, people remember him. He was the kid that reclassed up and went to Ohio State early. Mm-hmm. He averages 18. So they were able to, bring a couple of pieces in there and add a couple of freshmen, like you said, get his guys, you know, a couple of years in the system and they, they look good so far the nine and one. Hey, they battled in Clemson too. I think that yeah. was kind of the point where I was like, look, they, now look, they, I, I kind of didn't like the fact that they uh, went down to the wire against ECU, but shoot, even ECU yeah. has Bobby Pettiford now. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, to your point at the beginning of this Tobias, right? Like we're, we got guys going from Kansas to ECU. Like it's, and it's yeah. probably a smart decision, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm getting blamed, huh? Um, there is one team, Tobias, that you didn't mention that I was a bit surprised about, and that's BYU. Uh, mm, yeah. Now, was yeah. that just a, a you know accidental oversight, or are you just not buying BYU yet? I haven't seen them play yet. They they are what nine and one, ten and one. They the are. Schedules, yeah, they're ten and one. Yeah, schedule. It's been okay, you know, San Diego State, Arizona State, NC State, but I'm looking at a lot of Morgan State, Houston Christian, no disrespect to them, Evansville, Denver, Georgia State. You know, I kind of want to see what they look like in the Big 12. The Big 12 is a beast. I want to see what it what it looks like. Um, but they're, they're super well coached, and, and, and I, they're always one of those teams. They're always, like, sneaky good anyway. So – I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. The Big 12 will be a little – it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they adjust like their, their style of play in that league. Well, what I think is so beneficial and encouraging for Cougar fans is that they perform so well in the out-of-conference that you've given yourself almost a necessary uh, margin for error in the Big yeah. 12, right? Like, you can go a game or, or two above 500 – and that'll that'll get you. That should get you in the tournament. A oh, game definitely. or two, a game or two sure. of, of five hundred in Big Twelve play is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We we've seen in recent memory five hundred or a game under five. I think some of those teams they were getting in anyway. They were like nine, ten seed, but they were still getting in. So, um, yeah. I, I, if you if you go five hundred in that league for sure, oh yeah, you you have a very good chance to get in for sure. I was saying the other day though, Tobias. I was like, man. If I was a BYU fan, and I'm hyped to play in the best conference in America, I get all that. But the year we leave, I look over at the West Coast Conference, and I see Gonzaga struggling a little bit. They're probably the most vulnerable they've been in the last, like, 10 years. And then I got St. Mary's, who's a couple games above 500. And if I'm a BYU fan, I'm like, man, I I wish I could have just stayed one more year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you said, like, St. Mary's struggling. This is – probably one of the better Gonzaga team we've seen definitely in recent memory. So now I agree. I would definitely be pissed next year. You know, we're talking about now, but next year they have a guy coming back from mission trip. His name is Colin Chandler. He was like a top 50, 40 kid. That kid's really good. If he's, 
if he's anything from what he was like before the mission trip, I thought that kid was an NBA player, and I thought he should have been in McDonald's in America. That kid's really, really good. And he's going to – if he's anything like he was, the people that are going to see that, that kid was unbelievable before when he was in high school. I, I, I loved him. I, I'm, I'm excited to see him play next year. I'm writing that down, man. Where's he out of? He, I think he's from he's from Utah somewhere. His name is his name is Colin Chandler. Okay. He, um, I'm I'm telling I, 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 that year his senior, I thought he got snow. I thought he I thought he should have been a uh, McDonald's American. That kid's good. Yeah, we'll 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 remember that now. But Utah, or excuse me, BYU, actually the state of Utah, pretty yeah. nice, pretty nice season thus far. The Utes playing well. Utah Valley yeah. with the first year without Mark Madsen. Uh, interesting going on there. So, you know, Utah State, not too bad either. So, yeah. uh, but BYU, for sure, the class uh, of the state. Hey, so I want to pivot now and swing the pendulum the other way. I think, Tobias, a lot of people are going to say Michigan State has been the most disappointing team thus far. And they're going to yeah. say that because there were Final Four expectations. And they're certainly not playing like a Final Four team uh up until I guess Saturday when they just beat the <laughs> right. hell out of Baylor. But for you, who's the most disappointing team this season? Michigan, because so I picked them to go to the. I think I picked them to win it all at work. So Sparty, you can yeah yeah. So you can imagine how I how I felt when they were just dropping games like I feel like every week. You know that was that was that was very disappointing. Gonzaga's interesting, but. I don't know if this is a probably don't have any NBA player. I don't I don't know if they have that the biggest difference in the past, they had at least one, two NBA players, if not three or four some years. So that's not super um super but I, I guess it would probably be Michigan State. Their schedule has been hard, don't get me wrong, but they they've they have they have lost some games. I think they won, but it is though. They'll he'll they'll, they'll I think they'll be fine. And then maybe this Baylor game was the game to get them, you know, the confidence they needed. They just need one, man. And there was this argument essentially on Twitter of should we be blaming Michigan state fans for reacting? I don't even know if it's overreacting because even I was saying, mm-hmm. look, they don't look good, but I'm not out here saying like, this is a lost season. And so Michigan state fans are basically saying, look, if you're trying to say that they're going to turn it around to be a competitive team, like they were last year, last year's finish just wasn't good enough for them. I'm not, I'm not quoting yeah. it, but they're basically saying, Oh, so we're just, you know, our ceiling is a seven seed who goes to overtime against a Kansas State and doesn't get to an Elite yeah. Eight. That's they don't want that. They want better yeah. for the program. But I'm over here saying, like, Izzo's always gonna have you guys competitive. And we saw yeah. that against Baylor. So there's like this internal conflict in East Lansing right now, Tobias. Yeah, no, it's it's I think I think they'll be fine. Um I mean, if anyone I want coaching a group like this, trying to get them back focused is Izzo. I mean, if anyone I want them doing it, but I, I, I mean, they have a good team, man. I just, I just think they're 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 too good and too well coached to fail. You know, they may not be a one seed, but I still think they're a team that I still won't want to play in the month or two. I, I probably won't want to play them. You know, granted, I, like I said, maybe this Baylor game, well, you know, was the game to get them refocused because that I, I wasn't expecting that at all. I was so I I was sitting in Gamebridge Arena watching Ball State Indiana State, and I pop on the ESPN app, and it's it says they're up thirty. Now the ESPN app can be janky sometimes to buy, so I'm looking at this and I'm like, that's wrong. I I swipe it up and then I log back in and I was like, oh my god, no, they're really they're really beating down Baylor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that game was because I think I was I was at the game at the A and M game. I clicked over. I saw the same thing as you. So they were at like twenty. I said, "There's no way. Like, there's no way." And I, I, so I went to the Hulu. My Hulu live. Hulu has live sports. I go over there and <laughs> I click on the game. I said, "Oh, they're really, they're really whooping these dudes." I said, "Wow, this is, you know, Baylor. I don't think they'll shoot that poorly probably ever again." But I mean, kudos to Michigan State for taking it to them. I guess you could look at it like, or look at me like I'm being glass half uh, full kind of guy. And that is what happens after years of having no choice, but to trust Tom Izzo because this is what he does. But you could argue that Michigan state played pretty well against Duke. They did play pretty well against Arizona outside of, outside of Purdue. I think that was Arizona's toughest test of the season in, uh, in Palm Springs. And then you have this Baylor win and, and what my co-host and I always say Tobias, and I don't know where you land on this. It's, you mentioned their schedule. 
But at some point, you got to win some of those games, right? Like I, I, I don't, I don't like it when people value good losses more so than like mm. actual, like actually getting the job done and winning the games. And so they have that now, and a huge one, right? Like not just being yeah. number six, but it was comprehensive. Yeah. You know, you're right. I mean, you, you definitely have to win those games. I guess it's just, I don't know. Is anyone who's played the hardest? You played James Madison first. They're legit. Duke, Butler, who I think they beat, they end up whooping Butler, but Butler, Butler has a, they're not bad. Arizona, our good Wisconsin team in Nebraska, who I guess they're not bad, I guess. But that, and then you play Baylor too. So that's not, that's a, that's a tough schedule, but you're right though. We do, you got to win those games. You're, you're a final four national championship contending team. I like to see you win those games. They did, they, they fought to the end in most of them, but I like to, and they, some of those, those games were there. And you know, they're an, they're an older team. They're, they're pretty experienced. So you would think they would kind of be able to finish those games out. I think they were going for it. Right. I think that will going forward as well. And I guess the point that I was making, Tobias, is, you know, for people like me, who's going to be saying, just wait, just wait. I'm still holding out. Yeah. Like, despite everyone jumping ship, I'm still holding out because it's Izzo, experience group, Tyson yeah. Walker, Hogard. And then if they lost to Baylor, it's like, I still don't have any real evidence to be supporting why I'm holding out. But, yeah. you know, just blind faith. Now you have that evidence. Now you can see what these guys can do. Brandon, I think what helps them too, the Big Ten, we always in that conference. It's the Big Ten is good this year. I just don't know. So currently they have what three ranked teams, Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue. I think Ohio, I like Ohio State's team. Northwestern isn't bad. Indiana's kind of weird, but they're not bad. Maryland's been disappointing. If I was Michigan State, I kind of like my chances in the league. Maybe not to win it, but I like my chance to get a lot of wins in that league. I, I, I do. I think I think I can beat every team in that league pretty much. It's still there. And that's the other yeah. thing, Tobias. Like my cutoff date, I feel like this is a therapy session, man. But my like my hmm. cutoff date for worrying, like seriously worrying about teams is Valentine's Day. That might be a little hmm. late, but I'm not over here running around with with you know, going crazy in December pre-Christmas. I just, yeah. the season's too long. These are yeah. college kids where, you know, you ra- you string together one or two wins, man. They play with confidence going forward. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think I think this Baylor thing might turn it around. I think this was the game they needed to like, oh, we can do this. We're fine. I think that was this was the game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So one team I want to mention, and I tweeted this the other day, I'm actually fairly comfortable, Tobias, saying that my most disappointing team is USC. I really thought USC was going to challenge for the Pac-12 title. And this is probably why I was wrong. But, man, I thought they were going to challenge for the Pac-12 title. This is nothing on Isaiah Collier, but like I thought that they were going to be a potential top three or four seed in the NCAA tournament. Right now, they are, they've lost, I think, four out of their last five. Uh, to some quality competition, including Auburn and Oklahoma, but was it's out, like judging by your facial reaction, I shouldn't have had those thoughts in the offseason. Huh? See, and they were ranked really high coming in, and I love Isaiah. I've been watching Isaiah Carr, and he was like 14. He's probably the best passer I've seen with my own two. I, I love that kid. Everything about him, great kid. Boogie Ellis is legit. Kobe Johnson's good. Not a lot left. Not, not a lot of left that's that's there that's you know formidable like out because I've watched them play a few times there are, there are games literally where Collier and Boogie they they they'll score a 75 point okay the Gonzaga game they score 76 points Collier and Ellis they they represented between scoring and assisting like like 60 or like 55 can't win that way cannot win and and, and this is probably the best the Pac-12 is going to be in probably a decade not going to be able to win games like that and you know, I think what's hurt them in the past is they generally have a NBA big. You know, the Mobley's have been there. They've had good NBA bigs in the past. I don't know if they have one right now. And they're relying so much on Collier and, and Boogie. And I was trying to tell people, like, I don't know if a freshman in the country has a tougher job than Collier because the margin for error for him is so is so small. They're like, he, he's going to play the whole game. If he doesn't score – 17 to 20 points a game with five or six, they're going to lose every game. He just, that's just how it has to be. So if he's ever off, they're going to lose. Yeah. And I'm looking at their schedule as well. Some of the, 
Some of the dudes he's got to go up against, right? Or at least match up in the backcourt. We start with Tyler Perry at Kansas State. They did end up winning that game. Um, <laughs> I mean, you look at Gonzaga and Nemhard, Auburn. I mean, I don't know if Katie Johnson's starting, but uh, Aiden Holloway, like, yeah. It's it's been it's been I'm not I think Isaiah Collier has played really well, but you're right. I think what I, I may have put too much stock. Not I, I don't want to make it sound like they're coming up short. I just think I don't I didn't think that this much was going to be falling on the shoulders mm. of Collier and and Boogie. And I did think you know a guy like Vincey with Chuck Wu would would step up a little bit more and he's had, he's battled some health issues in the past. Yeah. I yeah. do know that, but USC has, for me at least has just been super puzzling. And right now they just like, they don't look like there was a time Tobias where the conversation was, they're going to challenge or can they challenge Arizona for a Pac-12 title? Yeah. Man, they're, I think they're worse than Colorado and Utah and, and some of the, in the yeah. list there. Cause some people had them winning it. Some of them, they have them winning winning the Pac-12. So, yeah, I mean, outside of those three, they have have some dudes that they're like, okay, like Vince, you didn't play a lot last year. You have the heart thing. Because Johnny Wright didn't play a ton last year. Arlington Page, who I love, he's a freshman. They're playing a lot of younger guys or guys whose roles pretty much changed overnight. Like, because Johnny goes from not really playing to like, oh, we need you to play like 18 minutes a game. Vincent goes from you didn't play hardly at all last year. They're like, you're one of our starting bigs. So I think the role change has definitely been hard, but they need some of those other guys to be able to contribute more. Like I said, your two best players, they're putting up basically 60 a game for you in points and assists, and y'all are only giving them 15 more points. You're not going to win like that. And especially in a league where they generally don't play defense anyway and they're scoring in the 80s consistently, they're not going to be able to win, win games like that. Yeah, it's funny. Again, Tobias, when we were chatting back in May, I think Bronny had just made his decision. That yeah, he was going to USC, or like, or he had narrowed it down. I'm not sure, but yeah. I remember vividly talking about that. And actually, a lot has happened as it relates to Bronny and his health. And it's so good to see him yeah. back out there. Um, so you know, I'm hoping honestly, I think it would be such a cool story if Bronny, uh, and he's he he needs time to continue to evolve yeah. and adapt to the game. But how cool would it be if he was if he was like a spark plug? Yeah, uh, for, yeah this, cool. for this USC team. Um, hey, yeah. you mentioned Memphis a little bit ago, Tobias, and I love that. Yeah. That's why I had you on, man, to really gas up my <laughs> opinions as well. And we're in lockstep. I said before the season, and this was one of my bolder claims, that Memphis was going to win the AAC over FAU. Mm. I don't think it's that far-fetched as we sit here today. I feel like the the, the numbers folks and the analytics folks – they love Memphis right now. And FAU has a loss to Bryant. They got to play Arizona upcoming, which, are, I mean, Arizona's a very tough team. But FAU and the Miami, for that matter, Tobias, I had said, I think the South Florida schools are ranked coming into the season just a little high. Not that they're bad, but I think they're a bit overvalued. But Memphis right now is playing so well. David Jones is just yeah. leading them in damn near everything. Javon Quinterly is a stud veteran. Uh, what makes Memphis so good and why are they having this type of season? Especially, Hey man, we look at a, a Jordan Brown, that could, that could be a cause for tumult, which is, you know, we've seen something uh, like that at Kansas state, which we talked about with Tomlin, who's no longer there. Jordan Brown, no longer there. Train just keeps rolling though for the Tigers. It isn't Tomlin's going to, uh, that's right. Just, yeah. That's yeah, also yeah, true. Just, so I'm between me and you. I think he's better than Jordan Brown. Um, in my opinion, they got better, in my opinion. So, you know, you hate to lose a player, and, and Brown's been solid, like, six and four. Then you hate to, you know, see whatever happens happen. But we got a p- NBA player. Oh, I'm more than okay with, with that for sure. He fits that. He, he fits exactly what they need him to do anyway. So I'm, I'm sure they're thrilled about that. But they're legit. I mean, I think they're tough as, I think they're tough as hell. I think they're, they're just super tough. You're starting to see Penny's like mold of what he's been trying to do. You know, in the past they kind of underachieved despite some of the talent they may or may not have had. But I think you know this is a group. I think they fit really, really well together. They have those three guards. They kind of present like a different type of attacking style. When you can put three guards on the floor at the same time, like an awesome score, it's hard to stop that. Most teams maybe only have two perimeter defenders. They have three guys that you can legit 
score, and then you'll sub out and put in like a Jaquan Walton or something like like that. I think they're, they're they're legit. I think people are forgetting that Memphis had their hearts ripped out against FAU. So that first game mm. when they play the Owls is going to be hyped as hell. And you mentioned Penny yeah. Tobias. I find him to be a fascinating lightning rod almost. And so I want to get your thoughts on this. I personally think people have just run with a narrative that Penny Hardaway isn't a good coach. And I think it's yeah. so foolish and ridiculous because he's been to the tournament a couple times. Like I said, last year, he gave FAU their best test. Uh, of course, until SDSU when, <laughs> when they yeah. he gave a final four team, their best test in the opening yeah. round. I, I just think people love to hate on a guy like Penny Hardaway because they say, oh, he he brought in James Wiseman. And it's like, well, James Wiseman only played like four games or whatever it was. Yeah. He didn't he didn't get to have a full full season with James Wiseman. I think Penny Hardaway actually does a pretty solid job. And I think in addition to that, there's this, well, he's not John Calipari. John Calipari is a Hall of Famer, man. There's not a lot of John Calipari's yeah. running around. What's your thoughts on Penny and his his perception, I guess? I think, too, like you said, he's not John Calipari. And John's, like, what, 20 years older than him, if not older? You know, he's been around He's been around a long time. He's been in the NBA, came back, had some ups and downs. So, for sure, I think that he's – I think there was an adjustment for He's learned. He was literally learning how to be a college basketball coach. He came from being a player to, you know, doing Nike stuff. And he's coaching high school to now doing this. I think there was a – there had to be an adjustment period where he was learning. And I think some of it was because he was bringing in some top-ranked kids and some of them kind of got better when they left Boogie. Left, he probably he might be an All American. Lester is in the NBA now. Uh, Ball left, so I think they were kind of giving him a hard time about that. But I think we're starting to see him kind of come into his own as a coach. And I think he's successful right now. Yeah, just it's just interesting. And I was actually one of those guys, Tobias. I think a couple of years back. It kind of made me reevaluate, you know, how I'm approaching and, and looking at these coaches and these programs because everyone obviously just wants a Final Four after Final Four after Final Four. And then you take a step back and you look at maybe some of the resources and you look at the competition and, and transfers and things of that nature. And it's like, you know, Penny's actually doing a pretty solid job. And I think he's got one of his best teams uh, in Memphis looking going forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm riding the, the Tiger. But I will say this, though. Their uniform combination and their uniforms have just gone drastically downhill ever since the D-Rose days, man. I mean, they got the, the Tiger stripes. It, it looks like garbage. I'm sorry. Yeah, they. Yeah, I guess they traded in players for jerseys. I guess they figured, you know, we'll just get the jersey and sacrifice. Get the good players and sacrifice the jerseys. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um. Speaking of guys like Derrick Rose and, you know, great point guard play, guard play, we got two of the best in the country this year representing UConn and Purdue. Tobias, I was at the Arizona-Purdue game, and I swear to God, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer were the second coming of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You look at a guy like Tristan Newton over at UConn, man, and Bill Self said this when they played in Kansas. He said Tristan Newton was the best player on the court. Everyone knew it. Mm. These guys are absolute studs right now. Tristan Newton is averaging 16, 7, and 6, shooting 47%. Braden Smith's averaging 14, 5, and 7, shooting damn near 50%. So I come to you, sir, hat in hand. Who would you rather have? Going to pay Newton, man. He's a champion. Got to go, gotta go with the win. I mean, what he did in that championship game was crazy. No, no one – like – I had knew who he I had knew who he was because he's he's from Texas, he's from El Paso. I had heard of him, he was at East Carolina. And I was at the game and I swear to you, it was like every time he shot the ball, I thought it was going in. And it was going in the majority of the time. And he's doing that now. Like every time I need a big shot or a big play, he's just he's just doing it. And you know, he's had to do it without Stephon Castle, who I love, who's missed a good part of the season. He's back now with the with the knee injury, but he's the engine that gets them going. He's been just super consistent game in and game out. Between you and me, as quiet as it's kept, I think UConn is the best team of the country right now. I'm not saying yeah. this is going out on a limb. And I think they should actually be ranked third, right? I think Purdue has a resume worthy of one. You can't put UConn over Kansas. They literally lost yeah. to them. But then right yeah. there, I would put UConn. And, like, Houston's amazing. I think Arizona should be around four or five. But – UConn right now, just the personnel, and if I'll, I'll tie this back to Tristan Newton, right? Like coming into the season, everyone wanted to talk about Klingon and Steph Castle, who's a wonderful freshman. 
And it's almost as if people did forget that the guy coming back who had a career game in the, in the title game mm-hmm. uh, is now probably going to be an all American. And it, like, uh, do we realize that Tristan Newton's like, it, it, it seems like he's flirting with a triple double every night. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's, like you say, he kind of came out of this unsung hero type of thing. And he, you know, I was interested to see, you know, was that championship game a flash and a pan, his one shining moment? Not not at all. He, he's gotten better. He's literally gotten better. And, and you know, he, like I said, he's the engine that, that gets them going. And I don't think you can find a better, like, leader, floor general type of player in the country right now than him. Yeah, me neither. So on the flip side, though, Braden Smith, obviously a wonderful player, and I appreciate you actually yeah, answering, sure. not giving Definitely. me the uh, the the straddling the fence type of deal. But Braden Smith, Tobias, there's a I think there's a bigger question or topic at hand, and that is, we saw Braden Smith as a freshman last year. Same thing with Fletcher Lawyer, and they lose to FTU, and yep. I think a lot of people were like, "Books written, that's it, that's it." That we we've seen their ceiling. It's very clear that we didn't have not seen their ceiling. Yeah. Like Fletcher Lawyer, I think, had 30 plus against Tennessee earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier this season. He showed out against Arizona. But Braden Smith, why do why do we think we've put a cap on some of these guys after just one year of college basketball? Because we see how potent he really is now. Maybe I think too, after that FDU loss in this in recent memory, people probably didn't think they were a tough. They were like a tough team. They probably thought they were kind of soft. That's not Fletcher Lawyer at all. He's super tough. He, you know, he he's not afraid. You know, getting someone's face. You know, talk crap to whoever it is. So I think that's kind of what it's been. And then, you know, after you lose to FDU, kind of like Virginia when they when they lost to uh, UMBC, you thought we seen it. You know, they're they're done. They come back the next year. They they win the championship. I don't know if that'll be Purdue this year. They definitely have just as good a chance as any. But he brings a toughness to that to that team that I don't that people weren't expecting. And he, he's an he's a, he's a great player. I mean, like I said, they have just as good a chance they need to win it all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I'd be okay, obviously, with people saying they're the favorite right now because their resume, like I said, is just it's been pretty absurd thus far. Like the likes of Tennessee, Bama, Arizona. Uh I mean, crazy sport this is. We got Northwestern knocking them off and they lose to Chicago yeah. State. Washington yeah. <laughs> beat Gonzaga and they just went to double overtime with Seattle. I mean, that's, I guess that's why we love this silly sport, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, Tobias, we were talking about guards. I want to talk about this other one. All right. Donovan Dent. I have what's called the foxhole and it's a foxhole or it's, it's a foxhole that I want certain point guards in last year. As the season evolved, I was like, I want Dewan Harris. I want Marquise Noel and I want AJ Hogard. This resets every year. All right. So this year I got Tristan Newton in there and I got the kid from Colorado state, uh, Isaiah Stevens, Stevens. man. I think I got to put Donovan Denton there. He is electric for New Mexico. Yeah, no, that, 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 that kid, that kid's really good. And that little reverse layup he did the other day, that was just, that was just, that was just a, just a sick, a sick play, but 17 and 6.6 and six. I mean, it does it just, it, it, it doesn't get any better, any better than that. New Mexico's good. They're a good. They're another team I would not want to play them. They have they have dudes, and I know we were talking about this earlier, but they have a couple of freshmen on their team. JT Topper, he's a Dallas kid, and True Washington. Those kids were top one thirty kids when they major. They both had high major offers. JT Toppin's getting NBA looks now, you know. So goes back to my point from earlier that. The mid-major thing isn't – this isn't a bad thing. He's averaging – like, Toppin's averaging 13-7. and seven. Donovan is averaging 17-6. to six. Donovan will be a pro. He'll, 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 be a, he'll be a pro. He's a mid-major – these are mid-major kids. So – but, yeah, then, I mean, like you said, on those list of guards, that's, that's an exceptional list of guards. He definitely needs to be on that list. Man, the game winner just shot out of a cannon against your rival yeah. in New Mexico State. And you know what? Real quick, I want to I want to credit New Mexico State because uh, just a disaster of a program and season last year. And now they're, I think, five and seven, which, you know, people yeah. laugh at that. But th- that's impressive. And they, they took their rivals down to the wire, right? Like, it's going to take a lot of time to get yeah. back to the days of Chris Jans. But I thought it was an impressive fight. But Donovan Dent in New Mexico, they are fun. I think they, they've been doing this the last couple of games without uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr., yeah. right? Yeah. Like, Jalen House is playing well. Uh, they are they are so much fun, but I think it's so neat that Donovan Dent's favorite player is Kyrie Irving, and then mm. with that finish, yeah, for sure, it's that like cool. that that was Kyrie Irving esque. 
Yeah, he was. Definitely was. Uh, and and they got some they got some guys over him from Iona, right? Like like father, like son. Um, mm-hmm. I think Isaac Mashilla is over there, yeah. and then yeah. you know, so the, they're they're accustomed to winning, right? Like Iona's been a really good program yeah. last last few years. So I really uh, and and you know what, it, you're more plugged in than me, but New Mexico is probably one of those mid majors that operates like a high major. I would assume. Yeah, they are for sure. Then, then you've been people, and I forget. Uh, Jamal Baker. I don't even know how he has eligibility left, but he's right. still there, and he's giving them seven, seven and a half points a game. He was a top seventy-two kid. Went to uh, Kentucky his first couple of years. So good for New Mexico. Good, good yeah. for them. I, I forgot I, he was over there. That yeah, that was. He's like a twenty seventeen grad. Like yeah, he's seven years. So good for he him. made a stop. He made a stop at Arizona, and I, I promise you, when I was looking over rosters this year, and it, look, I, who do whatever you want, man. Like it is not my, it's not my decision to be or choice to be like you should stay, you should go. But I was looking at the roster, and I was like, uh, uh-uh, that that cannot be that Jamal Baker is still playing college basketball, but he's been in. Yeah, He's been impactful for them. Good, good play. He's been experienced. He's nothing he hasn't seen. He'll be a he'll be a contributor when they make it to the tournament too. Yeah, I mean, and New Mexico, the pit, it's it's one of the best atmospheres in college basketball. That yeah. is a school that I want to see get back on top. I mean, they're not the only Mountain West school. I want to see UNLV good. I've never seen them yeah. good in my entire damn life, uh, and I just want to like evoke memories of yeah. the Tark days, things like that, and then. Uh, there was another. I mean, Louisville. Good lord! Like I've seen them great, yeah. but my god, Louisville. Yeah, they're uh, they're not great to say it to say it politely. They 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 just they got to get some. They they have a lot of things they got they, a lot of things they got to fix internally from the top down, and they'll they'll fix it. It's just it's just disappointing because college basketball is better when they're good. So you know they they've been struggling the last couple of years. They they don't on paper they're not awful. They just kind of got to figure figure some things out. I mean they have seven eight top one hundred kids on the roster. You think they'd be a little bit better? It was interesting because you know they played Texas so well. I was like, you know what? Maybe they're not awful. Maybe maybe they're not that bad, but they're they're bad, and <laughs> and they're 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 pretty bad. So it'll be interesting to see how that what, what they do. And then maybe in the next couple of weeks, maybe there's offseason players coming in and now coaches, you know, coaching change, maybe, maybe not. We'll be interested to see what they do with that. It's that pivotal question that you ask yourself after one of those games, like Max Azemis hits the game winner and you start immediately saying to yourself, is this more about Louisville or is it more about Texas? I think we found yeah. out it might be a little bit more about Texas. Like they're still ranked top 20, but I think people were expecting maybe an ascension at this point. Maybe people were thinking yeah. the same thing with Bama where they both started like top 25 and you figured they just continue to rack up wins uh, as opposed to Louisville, where, you know, you try and say like, let's take something from this. This is encouraging. And then you lose to both DePaul and uh, Arkansas state at home. I think it was DePaul. Yeah. DePaul, Arkansas state, you lose to Chattanooga. Bellamine gives you everything you can handle. Uh, That's like a rivalry down there in Louisville now. Yeah. Because Bellamine's won. Yeah, they, they won. They, they don't. They, they, you know, they run most efficient offense. They don't dribble, and they're just super effective. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, here's to hoping Louisville gets it right. Uh, Tobias, I'm going to get you out of here just on this last little topic. Upcoming games this week. Obviously, we got a full 2024 to look ahead to. But uh, holiday week, Christmas week. What are you looking forward to the most? You know, where, or where, where do you plan on heading out to this season as well, and as well as what you're watching? Well, one uh, tomorrow that Virginia Memphis game is going to be great. That's going to be a really, really good game. I'm sorry to see how they uh, how they look. Um, I want to see what Louisville looks like when they play Kentucky. That's, that's a big rivalry game. You know, I'm sure there's going to be more Kentucky fans in the in the K Young Center than than uh, Louisville fans, but. Maybe 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 they'll make it into it. I don't know. Ho- hopefully, hopefully, because those games are fun. Baylor plays Duke on uh on Wednesday. That, that that's going to be a big game. So I'm excited to see. We have some good hoops coming up. Creighton, Villanova, because the Big East is about to start. North Carolina, Oklahoma. So yeah, I'm mean, I'm excited to see a couple of those. Big week for Arizona as well. If you're supposed to be for me, Tobias, if if you're going to be a championship level contender, when you get knocked down by a very very good team in Purdue. 
when you get knocked down, I want to see how you respond and whether that's a win by one or two. But I think I feel like I'd rather see uh, a comprehensive butt whooping. Right. So we mm. saw Arizona do that in Tucson against Wisconsin. Right. A, a, a 23, 24 ranked team. They got Bama and Phoenix and, and they're different teams. But I kind of want to see what happens with Arizona there. And then after that, FAU. Like, can mm. they escape this week after losing a hard-fought game against Purdue? Like, how are you handicapping both of those games with Bama and FAU? Because it, it, these are three straight very difficult games. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you want to be able to go into, go into the break, going into Pac-12 play on a solid – you know, obviously you love to go on the beat, but if you go 2-1-1 against them, that's not bad. You don't want to go 1-2 and two or over. You got to go into Pac-12 play. You know, coming out of Christmas break, feeling good about yourself, going into a tough league play. Yeah, that's exactly my thoughts there. So uh, I'll be looking forward to a lot of great games. Tobias, uh, what's going on for the holidays, man? Are you able to see some friends, family? Are you grinding? I mean, you're one of the hardest working men in in the business, but I hope you're able to get some downtime. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be doing both. I might be, you know, opening presents and watching the game with my other hands. Who knows? But there's some good high school games, some good high school stuff out here. And I'll be trying to go to some games. Definitely new. You're trying to travel a little bit more. I've been traveling a lot this past end of, end of this year. So I want to keep that going in the new year. I want to go catch some games in person for sure. There you go. I had Chris Walker on from CBS Sports Network a couple mm. of weeks ago, or last episode, I should say. Uh, and I did ask him, and I'm going to ask you this. Are you an eggnog guy? I am not an egg. I am not an eggnog guy. I, oh. I am not. Are you? Are you an egg? Are you? Hell yeah. It, what is I, it? I, I just... I'm a very picky eater, super picky, and texture and, and how it physically looks really, really matters to me. So when I see it, like that doesn't look appealing to me. I can't. There's no way I can drink that. So I kind of, you know, and, and matter of fact, I don't even know the last time I've seen someone my own too, seen someone drink eggnog. Maybe I kind of pass. You know, you got that. You can pass that away somewhere. I don't want to drink that. <laughs> I can appreciate that honestly. Like presentation matters. It's not the prettiest, and when yeah. it comes out of the carton, it's like. It takes a minute. It's thick. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Like, ugh, I, I can't. I, I can't. Like, it, it just, it, it, it's not pleasant looking at all. That's, I, there's no way I can drink it. My dad, I think my dad drinks. He tries to give me that. I'm like, I'm like, dude, there, there's no way, man. There's not no way. Uh, hey, I mean, you're a Texans fan, right? I remember. Mm, I, I'm not a Texans fan. I, I like what they're doing, though. Big, big style, you know, super well. I like what they're I'm not a Texans fan, though. Who's, who's your team again? Remind me. I have two teams and they're awful. I'm a Steelers fan and a Chargers fan. So I'm not very happy. So when I was down in Indianapolis, I should have done my research, but I completely spaced on the fact that this is a time of year where NFL plays on Saturday. And I get into Indianapolis and I'm like, damn, it is packed. Like I know it's Arizona Purdue, but man, there are people showing out. And I see Steelers and Colts jerseys everywhere and the Steelers travel. And I was like, oh my God. And these games, like that game kicked. And Arizona Purdue tipped at the exact yeah. same time. Yeah, no, it's no still this man. You have some of the best fans in the world. They they will they faithfully travel, even if they're bad. They will faithfully travel to go support their team. Not not respected. We're just we're just not we're not bad. We're just not very good. We got some stuff we got to fix. That's all right. What are you thinking about the Dame situation there in uh, Milwaukee? I know you're a Dame guy. Everything looking all right? Everything's looking okay. I, I want to see. Um, they're still learning how to play. I mean, they're nineteen to seven. They're the second best record in the East. So I like what I like. What, I like what they're doing so far. I want to see what it look like playoff time. I still think think depth is going to be an issue for them so far. It hasn't been, but it's regular season. But I want to. I think depth at the moment is going to be an issue. But if they can maybe make a maybe maybe they can make a trade. You know, in the next couple of weeks, maybe that that'll help. I think they have to add one more thing because the Dame trade. I get you're getting Dame, but they got. They got kind of fleeced in that deal. You get Dame, and I and I love Dame, but you couldn't have kept Grayson Allen or one of those other guys, or maybe taking someone back. But that's just me. I'm not one of these. I, I hate when old heads, because it's usually old heads that yeah. are like, nobody plays defense. Nobody plays defense in the NBA, and it's like, I mean, just the offensive skill of these guys is insane. Yeah. But I do think the Bucks need to improve their defense. Yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't know if they can play defense very well right now. Yeah, and and the old heads, you know, they 
they talk about the defense thing. I mean, back then they didn't really play defense. Deep. It was a, it was tackling. It was football. <laughs> on, and they, they, they weren't. I, I hate arguing with old heads about this all the time. I mean, they're soft. I'm like, were you soft or were you guys like disturbed? Y'all were tackling each other. <laughs> and I said, and I was like, the NBA. They kind of figured out. You know what? Our league's better when our players are healthy and not concussed every week. So we're gonna call these fouls instead of letting this play on. And they should. No, no one wants to see their player missing 15 games because he was taken out of there by whoever. So, yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's real defense, Tobias. Real hoop. You wouldn't get it. That's that's what we yeah, got. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's that's they love. Back in my day, no one cares about that. Like, this was 30 years ago, you know, so. So good. Tobias, you are the best, man. Thank you so much for jumping on. Where can we follow your work? Tell us all outlets that, that we need to follow you on. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-A-S underscore Bass like the fish. Um, I, I'm, still, I'm still tinkering with it, but I'm going to start doing Twitter spaces every Wednesday. Me and one of, me, me and one of my mentors are going to do a Twitter space every weekend, talking about, or every Wednesday, talking about college hoop, grassroots, recruiting, et cetera. And then I'm not a TikTok person. I, 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 think, I think TikTok's kind of stupid. I feel like I sound like I'm getting old. I'm only 27, but... I'm probably going to start trying to do some stuff on TikTok. So I think I'm going to, my little sister's like, you should do a TikTok. I'm like, okay, whatever. I think I'll probably start doing some content on there as well. Yeah. Look, I'm not a TikTok guy either. My wife is, but mm. I, you know, she told me like, you should start posting clips on TikTok. I always post clips on Twitter. So uh, mm. I've, I've got a show's TikTok. I'm going to okay. cut up, cut up some clips here, Tobias. And uh, I mean, I'll send them out. They're not going to be fun or funny. I don't think it's just yeah. straight up what you've been telling me, but yeah, but I'm on TikTok, So I'll be your friend. If you want to, if you want, uh, sure. you know, a first friend, all right. No, definitely. I might put some stuff on there. So I, I, I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll probably do some stuff on there too. I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, Hey, thank you so much again for spending some time. Happy holidays. Happy new year. Enjoy the hoops. Uh, and we'll catch you next time here, all right? Thank you, Tobias. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on.